A pickup truck rolls down the road. The men inside are deep in the woods of Arizona, tired but ready to do what young men did after a hard day of logging. They could use the rest, but at that age, you just keep going so you can have fun and maybe drink a few. This was the 70s. The bar was probably on at least a few of their minds. Still far away from town on a logging road, they encounter a UFO. It is a metallic disc that seems to glow. The men see what appears to be a ring of light. This is when Travis Walton yells to the driver, stop the truck. This decision and the next will dramatically change Walton's life in the decades to come. Travis Walton gets out of the truck and moves toward the craft. A blue-green beam of light would soon strike Travis, seeming to kill him, to the men in the truck. They panicked and drove away. Travis was not dead. He was gone, and would be for the next five days. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky. An unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white-picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. Alleged true stories. Christian, just... Okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. Welcome back. We're here as always. I am your host, Scott, and I'm joined by the devil. Christian the Great. It's Christian. It's regular old Christian normal. To kick things off, if you haven't already, be sure to find us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and at TFT Paranormal on TikTok. There is one thing, if you're listening on Spotify, they rolled out some updates recently where you can run polls, you can ask questions about stuff. And so we started doing that. If you're on Spotify, check the episode uh, show notes because there should be like a Q&A that you can answer or something like that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start taking the answers from those and I'm going to post them on Instagram, kind of highlight some of this stuff. So if you guys have thoughts about the episode or whatever, just just comment them on Spotify after you're done listening, and Christian and I will start sifting through those. Pretty cool update, actually. I thought that was really neat. Neat interaction feature, so we can uh, do what we love doing the most, and that's interacting with people listening to the show. It's totally neat. Yep, and that killed it, but... <laughs> anyway, today we are going to be discussing Travis Walton, and if you are unfamiliar with that story, I don't believe you. I'm sure you're very familiar with the story. It is a very popular alien abduction story, and uh, it's one for the record, but it inspired the movie Fire in the Skies. Yes. So there's a, probably a decent following behind this story itself, but it's one that we haven't touched on yet, and so we're actually pretty stoked to do that. So Christian, if you would. All right. Begin the episode. We'll begin the episode. The Log Ride Home. So, Scott, you know how I'm normally a skeptic, right? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Sure. This this one, this story, the Travis Walton story, makes it a little bit harder for me to be me when I'm looking into it. Yeah, you morph into someone else. You morph into for what some might actually call a believer. And that's interesting. Yep. I get this yeah. urge to get me a special hat. Okay. Oh, so you're as soon as, no, you can't make fun of them anymore because if you become one, they have to be like, I'm in, I'm finally in the cool kids gang or something, you know? No. Okay, well, you know, you'll come around. This too shall pass. So we're going to take you back to 1975, and we're going to go to Arizona, and not the desert. We're we're in the forest, because obviously, as the intro showed, these guys are loggers. Yeah. They're all kind of young in their 20s. I think one of them was maybe in his 30s, but the rest were young, young men. After a long day of logging, they're driving home all excited. Maybe not excited, but tired. Yeah. And, <laughs> I don't think they're like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, well, you know, like, but when you're in your 20s, like you can work long, a long, hard day and you still got the whole rest of the night to, sure. to drink. I And, you know, I never worked long, hard days in my 20s, but I wasn't doing manual labor. I was designing behind a desk. So I had fry eye. I couldn't do any of that stuff. I got home. I was like, I'm so sleepy. I can't even see my beer. <laughs> I know. 
where are we? <laughs> so we're in November in this forest, so it's probably a little chilly, but not bad. It's Arizona. Anything else about the forecast? It was partly cloudy. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're driving down this road. Yes. In a truck. Got those details. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Got, got those figured out. Yeah. Okay. Vehicle of choice down. Where are they? Got it. All right. So Travis and his buddies are all packed in this in this truck, driving down the road, and a light appears. It was a pale disc, pale golden disc. Travis felt it was metallic from the very beginning. So yeah. he yells to stop the truck. And for some reason, Travis gets out of the truck to look at this thing. He's the only one that had the nerve to get out of the truck or that that's the first thing that popped into his mind. And his his friends are just sitting in the truck looking at this thing, kind of hovering in the, in the sky above this field. This pale metallic disc. Yes. Mike, can I, have, I have a question. Why mm -hmm. does everyone have to specify it's metallic? What, do, what else would it, is it going to be a pale wood disc? Yeah. Is it going to be a styrofoam disc? The aliens are coming from light years away. Could to, be composite nowadays. Oh, it's 3D. It's a 3D disc, a 3D printed disc. I That'd mean, be that's really advanced. Our, our planes are made out of composites now. That's great news. That's right. Yeah. in the hometown. It's a pretty big industry out there. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you guys were wondering what the high desert's like in California, <laughs> you're not missing much. No, man. no. Tumbleweeds. Mm -hmm. Tumbleweeds and despair. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, though. <laughs> so once he sees this disc, he starts walking toward it. But not the move, no. usually. No. And he, he was saying that he, uh, he's saying as he, as he got close to the UFO, he was terrified as he's walking up to it, but he also didn't want to be unmanly, I guess. He didn't want to show wow. fear, so he just kept walking toward it. And he got closer as he got closer to it. This a beam of light strikes him. He flies twenty feet into the air, and his fellow loggers panic and drive away so they could go to town and get help. They were convinced he was dead because of how he flew through the air and kind of landed on, I think, his shoulder or something. How long did they wait before they drove away? It that's was like, the real indicator. It was like he hit the ground and they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, <laughs> if I heard that, I'd be like, I, that's the first question I'd ask him when I came to it. Like, how long did you guys wait? Be honest. I'm like, a fraction of a second. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. And he gets new friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did they, like, not even enough time to yell his name. They were just like. <laughs> they were yelling his name, trying to get him to get back in the truck as he walked up to it. Yeah. But. And as soon as, as, soon as he goes flying through the air, they're like, nope, he's, he's a goner. We warned him. We yeah. tried. Yeah. yeah. They were gone. Not a fan of these friends so far. So they get down the road a little bit and they pull over and then realize kind of what they did. And then they, like, after some, some arguing and stuff and trying to, like, what should we do? Is he dead? I saw him die kind of thing. All the men are like freaking out. The guy driving the truck, Mike, finally tells the guys, those that are, are too worried about it to go back can stay here at this rest stop or this pull off. I'm going back. But they all, in, he probably shamed them into. They're like, oh, no, I wasn't saying I wouldn't go. Yeah, I just, I was trying to be rational and thinking things through. Mm -hmm. Mike. Which, I mean, it's understandable. You see something like that happen, especially in the 70s when you're like now, now it'd still be terrifying. Now you'd have like a tweet storm about it. There'd be like 50 threads. But yeah. holy shit, they just got Travis. Yeah, should we, should we go back? Then they just panicked and drove away and came to their senses a little down the road and decided to go back. And when they went back to the spot that it happened, he was, Travis was gone. God, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. That would be the creepiest. I, you, I probably wouldn't even leave at that point. Like, I swear it was right here, right? Yeah. Am I high? Yeah. <laughs> Did we have a friend named Travis? Yes. Did he actually exist? So that after that, you know, and they looked around a little bit, they decided to drive back into town and go to the sheriff's office. Mm. And the men quickly became suspects. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, hey, sheriff, our friend just disappeared in these woods. We think it was a metallic disc, if that matters. Oh, what, we're under arrest? Okay, interesting. Yeah. This backfired. I thought you guys were here to protect and serve, but I see what's going on. <laughs> Travis Walton disappeared in the Apache Sick Greaves National Forest in Arizona. Again, it was November 5th, 1975, and his disappearance is one of the most well-known and controversial alleged UFO abduction cases. I don't know how controversial it is. It's pretty accurate, I think, right? I mean, some people don't believe it. You well, don't say. If you want to hear some of the naysayers, wait till the end of the episode. I'll, I'll, I'll mention them. Yeah, don't worry. I'll cut it out. Walton appeared five days later, claiming he'd been abducted by extraterrestrial beings. I don't even need to say it. Everyone knows. Everyone gets it. There's people at their desks are driving to work right now, chuckling, just being like, <laughs> extraterrestrial beans. <laughs> Hopefully they weren't orange, am I right? <laughs> God, what a nightmare that would be. Yeah. The incident has been the subject of books, documentaries, and the 1993 film, Fire in the Sky. You you watched that, right? No. It was, it was actually good. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but 
It was pretty good. It had D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Sweeney. Yeah, known from the hockey classic Cutting Edge. Never heard that one either. He got hurt and had to become an ice skater. Mm, that sounds like the plot for a Disney movie. It was, it kind of seems like that. It's like a rom, not a rom-com, but it's it just romance. Yeah. It's like just a rom. Alternates attract yeah. and ice skating. Alternates or opposites? Opposites attract. Alternates are like. Yeah, something totally. <laughs> that's a different <laughs> episode. Could attract too. I mean, attract whatever you want. I don't care. Be woke. Robert Pattison was also in it. You know who he is, right? Yeah. From Terminator 2 and The X-Files. He played John Doggett. Robert Pattinson? He was like in the later seasons when Duchovny wasn't working. Robert Pattinson. Am I mistaken or is that the guy from the Twilight films? The Twilight Zone? Yeah. The Twilight movies? Yeah, the Twilight movies with the, uh, isn't that Robert Pattinson? Yes. <laughs> okay, I was like, he was in it. Holy shit. How old is he? You made me second guess that. I was like, isn't his name Robert Pattinson? I figured it out. I'm really happy to hear that, Christian. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> I know, you would have been roasted alive, yeah. man. People would be like, is this guy for real? Then they'd know your controlled opposition. Yeah, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 and the X-Files was in the movie. I like how you continue that. Like, I'm going to cut that previous bit out. No, man. That has to stay in there. That's a good That's a good bit. <laughs> it's always funny when you do it, not as much when I do it. Yeah, whatever, man. There's a clear bias when I'm editing these episodes. I've noticed. Okay. Another little tidbit about Travis. Mm. His brother was in the truck with him. That makes the driving away immediately even more messed up. Yeah. Like, that's just family, my flesh and blood. Let's get out of here. It's pretty spooky. His friend Mike Rogers, along with the other five men in the truck, would be interrogated and at times accused of murder. At this point, I would think if they're ho if it's a hoax, yeah, they'd I would be they're like, like just never kidding. mind. Just kidding. He's out. He's over here. We found. Yeah. Oh, he's in the bushes outside. Isn't that interesting? He made us do this. Right. Here's where he's at. But mm. you know, they, that's not what happened. His friends were like, no. Yeah. Something came and took him. That'd be pretty intense. But I mean, what else are they gonna do? Really believe him? <laughs> Get out of here. I mean, yeah. Your he's, friend was abducted. Hit the bricks. You loonies. We've heard this before. Mm -hmm. That's what all the murderers say when they're out logging. Oh, and let me guess, your dog told you to do it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get in the get in the paddy wagon. It's either UFOs or Bigfoot out there. At some and point, they're just going to start believing you. Yeah. yeah. And then the cops are put in the end. It's murder. The abduction. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Walton remembers moving toward the craft, terrified, not wanting to act scared. He could hear what he called a high-pitched sound mixed with a bass frequency. And he could feel the low tones in his body. Hmm. The disc began to move and the sounds got lo louder. So he dove forward trying to hide hmm. and found himself directly underneath the craft. He still heard his friends shouting for him to get back in the truck. And it, so he stood up to run. And that's when he felt like an electric shock and said it felt like getting hit by a truck. The men saw him flying through the air and landing like a dead body. And he was unconscious when they drove away. Did he mention anything about, you know, when he's on Rogan or something, be like, I don't have those friends anymore. Those men are not in my life any longer. <laughs> they drove away from me. It's fine. I was reading a uh, part of his book. He he actually was very understanding of his friends. I can yeah, he's like, I probably would have done the same. Yeah. So when Travis woke, there was a light above him and the ceiling was low and he thought he was in the hospital. The light hurt, even though it wasn't bright. And it felt like he was badly burned all over, even on the inside of his body. He was in so much pain that he thought he was dying. Here's what Travis said. I was lying on my back. I didn't try to move or even open my eyes at first. I was weak, so watery weak that I knew if I attempted to move, even my arm, I'd lapsed back into unconsciousness. A bitter metallic taste covered my tongue. My mouth was dry and I was very thirsty. Oddly, the weakness in my muscles did not seem to come from hunger. The trembling felt odd, like a strange mixture of exertion and illness. Something was terribly wrong. I sluggishly dragged my eyelids open. I could not see anything. Then a blurred image began to coalesce. My eyes struggled against the agony. My sight shifted in and out of focus. My vision slowly became clearer. The hazy scintillations of light gradually solidified into an image. And I could make out some kind of, of light source above me. And that, that's from the book Fire in, Scott, in the Sky. When he, when he tried to look around, everything was blurry, including the doctors that were standing nearby. Most of the room was darker, and he soon realized they were not 
doctors, but something else. That's a creepy realization. Yeah, for sure. When you can't move and you're terrified and in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of, you're kind of trapped. They were creatures and they had large eyes, of course. Terrified as adrenaline kicked in, making him more aware of his surroundings. And he felt that they were causing his pain and he rolled off the table to get away. Something that had been attached to his chest and, and the device fell off when he rolled. It had felt cool on his skin and the device was curved across his body. It was a few inches thick and went from his armpits to just above his belt. He was still fully clothed with his shirt and jacket pushed up to allow for the device on his chest. He pushed away one of the creatures with quarter-sized eyes and it fell and stumbled into another. Quarter-sized eyes? Yeah, that's that's how he described it. So I mean, that's like our eyes. Yeah, it, Unless they're like bulgy, maybe they're like bulging out or just completely black or hmm. yeah. I picture like way bigger than normal human eyes. That's what I would picture, especially the way he described them earlier. Yeah. But this is when he starts doing something that they don't normally show in the movies, but we all know this is what would be happening. The Cupid shuffle. I don't even know what that is. He was screaming and crying as he backed away, making it clear he was ready to attack if they got closer. I mean, how many abduction stories where you, you're like screaming and they don't they leave that part out of their story usually no i was just scared not me it's gonna be a blubbering mess holy yeah. crap i would like lose all sense of self and dignity and i'd do some pretty i'd turn into monkey start flinging shit around the room or something. yeah you know like you gotta get me out of this please i, I would be in the corner this is not happening this yeah. is not happening but good thing this is just my brain i'm yeah. sound asleep <laughs> aliens are like what the hell is this guy talking about so travis yelled at him keep back damn you mm. which is very old school way of theatrical very yeah. theatrical yeah. yeah they're like oh wow and they did not advance he noticed the humanoids were standing under five feet tall so they were tiny don't so, need a short shame them christian but all right i just did oh wow oh ooh, edgy yeah you thought you couldn't get it from this podcast <laughs> but here we are and here's some more from the book fire in the sky their thin bones were covered with white marshmallowy looking flesh Mm. They had on single-piece coverall-type suits made of soft, suede-like material. What's that color you were making fun of me for earlier? Periwinkle. No. They had, it was oranges, <laughs> oranges, yeah. oranges brown in color. I'm just going to let it go, man. Let it go. Yeah, it's all right, man. Everybody has a word like that yeah. or two. I cannot see any grain in the material such as cloth has in fact their clothes did not even in fact their clothes did not appear even to have any seams i saw no buttons zippers or snaps they wore no belts the loose billowy garments were gathered at the wrist and perhaps the ankles they didn't have any kind of raised collar at the neck they wore and they wore simple pinkish tan footwear how the hell did they get these things on Maybe I'm focusing on the wrong details, but Probably. like, how do they get these garments? There's like no seams, no holes big enough to fit your entire body. Like, where the hell? How? Did it just appear? Is it a skin flap that maybe he misunderstood? They have come from millions of light years away, another galaxy, another time. Of course, they're going to have better clothes. Yes, I got exactly. You. Yeah. No, it's fine. That's not the important detail of the story either. No. I hyper-focus on things that maybe I should just let go. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, those are legitimate questions, but mm. it's like when they're, who knows what technology they have. Maybe they just, it's like they walk through a thing and it sprays their clothes on. Yeah. I could not make out the details of their shoes, but they had very small feet, about a size four by his measure. When they extended their hands toward me, I noticed they had no fingernails. Their hands were small, delicate, without hair. Their thin round fingers looked soft and unwrinkled. Their smooth skin was so pale that it looked chalky, like ivory. Oh, is this going to turn into like a weird love thing? No, Dude, man. Some jazz music going to start playing or something? No, we're, we don't do that, that. I love your silky, smooth, chalky, ivory hands. We don't do that genre yet. Hmm. In time. Yeah. That's TFD After Dark. You guys yeah. aren't ready for that. Yep. Their bald heads were disproportionately large for their puny bodies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> they had bulging, oh. oversized craniums, and a small <laughs> jaw structure, and an undeveloped appearance to their features that was almost infantile their thin-lipped mouths were narrow and i never saw them open lying close to their heads on either side were tiny crinkled lobes of ears their their miniature round noses had small oval nostrils the only facial feature that didn't appear undeveloped were those incredible eyes 
you're, maybe you're right. Yeah, Scott. this feels like he's really lusting after these yeah. creatures. Those glistening orbs. Oh, yeah. Had brown irises twice the size of those of a normal human's eyes. Yeah. Nearly an inch in diameter. Bruh, that's... <laughs> That's not that big. An inch. Well, for the iris, look, I think he oh, meant- the iris itself. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like, that's like a normal human eye. It's, you know what it is? When you do episodes, I have to play the skeptic and I believe all this shit. So I have to find like really stupid shit to harp on. So I still seem skeptical, but. But you're not at all. You're I'm skeptical. Like, Their clothing, pal? I don't think so. You're skeptical of the wrong things in yeah. this case. These aliens exist, but don't even get me started on that fake ass clothing. <laughs> We're going to go a little bit more into these eyes with the rest of his little part. These eyes? Yeah. <laughs> the iris was so large that even parts of the pupils were hidden by the lids. Damn. Giving the eyes a certain cat-like appearance. There was very little of the white part of the eyes showing. They had no lashes or eye eyebrows. So it's going to be like, no wonder he's so into their beautiful eyes because that would look weird being that large, no eyelashes or or eyebrows would kind of be like, what the hell? Yeah. But if their pupils went underneath their eyelid, how do they see? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that obstruct your vision? I mean. Your field of view? This is another would, weird thing I'm harping on. It would it's obstruct fine. a human's field of view. But we're talking about people that are a little more advanced. Yeah. I'm sorry, not people, but beings that are a little more advanced. Yes, exactly. So Travis, terrified, wanted to get past them to escape out what appeared to be a door. But, yeah. he, but before he could, they left through the door he was planning on escaping through. So he went the other way. He went down through a narrow passageway, struggling to breathe. Was it because of the passageway or did he have a chest injury is what he wondered. I mean, he just get zapped with a hell of a lot of electricity, it seems like, or plasma. Or whatever. Or whatever they use. Yeah. Sun energy. <laughs> Travis felt if he could just find a hatch, he could open it and jump to the ground. What, he thinks this thing is hovering four feet off the ground? He does, actually. Really? He thinks, yeah. He's like, I'm sure the ground is right there. Well, you know, and also back then, abduction wasn't a thing, really. There were were some stories stories out there, but most people didn't believe them. Hmm. That must be in a trailer or something. Yeah. Get me out. He went through this hall and came to a room with a chair that had levers and buttons on the arms. Must be a pilot seat of some sort. That's what it would seem like. As he moved toward the chair, the lights in the room dimmed. And if you remember, when he was in the on the table, the r- lights were really dim. Hmm. And these creatures have big eyes, which would probably take in a lot of light. So that's probably why it would be dim. Like, damn, it's bright in here. Can someone drop these, please? <laughs> yeah. Look at the size of my pupils, pal. Be <laughs> considerate. And Travis says, I looked at the controls on the chair. On the left arm, there was a single short, thick lever with an oddly shaped molded handle atop, some dark brown material. On the right arm, there was an, was an illuminated lime green screen about five inches square with a lot of black lines on it that intersected each other at all angles. Under that, a square of approximately 25 colored buttons arranged in about five vertical rows with one color for each row. He looked for symbols or written words and found none. The experiment I was considering was risky, but I was desperate. Maybe one of those buttons would open a door or something. On impulse, I went ahead and pushed one of the green's buttons. I looked around the room and listened carefully. Nothing happened. When I pushed the button, I noticed that the lines on the screen had moved. I recklessly pushed another green one. The lines rapidly changed angles, slid down each other, then stopped. I pushed some of the other colored buttons. Nothing happened. Nothing moved and no sound could be heard. Trembling, I sat down on the hard surface of the chair. I put my hand onto the molded T-grip of the lever. The handle was slightly small for my hand, and the, whole cha- and the whole chair seemed a little too small. I rotated the handle of the lever forward, feeling the slow, fluid resistance of it. I felt suddenly disoriented as the stars began moving downward in front of me in unison. The stars? Yeah, I guess on the screen. or, or was it, it wasn't like a, a window or something like that? No, it just... Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of vague on how, but it's like something just appeared in front of them, and they were like hmm. stars. Quickly, I pulled my hand off the lever, which returned to its original vertical position. The stars stopped moving, but remained 
where they were when I released the lever. That's weird. It's funny that he just kind of like goes in Mortal Kombat button smashing everything and be like, what does this do? And that's the move, honestly. If you find yourself in an alien ship, push every button. Yeah. You're going to mess something up, guaranteed. Yeah, they may come and kill you. But it's worth it. Yeah, they, but they're going to have to put in some work. Yeah, send a carrier pigeon down with your story before they get you. Exactly. Yeah, get all the details at the beginning of the episode. Hmm. He noticed a change in the light in the door he'd entered through. Through it came a man. Travis thought he was saved from the monsters. The man was muscular and stood about six foot tall. Travis ran up to him yelling, telling him about the creatures he had seen, and the man did not really react. He wore a helmet of some kind. and He took Travis by the arm, and Travis thought he was saved. He was led down a steep ramp, and outside he found it was much brighter. That feels very screen memory. Like, it's not a real man. It's like an alien pretending to be a man. Be like, oh, he'll react to this. Could be. Could be. Now, he says he went outside, but... But he's a liar. Yeah. He also says, the ceiling looked like sunlight was coming through. He saw other crafts similar to the disc he, he had seen, but more rounded. He began to look around and saw more people. They were not wearing helmets, so he felt they would hear him because the man hadn't reacted when he was speaking mm. to him. He tried to tell them what was going on and found they also did not respond. That'd be hella annoying. Yeah. They instead led him to another table, trying to get him to lie down. When he struggled, they were able to use superior strength to overcome him, putting him on the table and putting a mask over his face. For COVID and whatnot. Exactly. He tried to pull it off, but they kept it in place and he blacked out. Meanwhile, in Arizona, friends and family were worried. The men that were with Travis when he disappeared were given polygraph tests and five of the six passed. And the sixth was inconclusive. During the examination, the polygraph operator started to change his mind about the men murdering Travis. Afterwards, he felt they were telling the truth about the UFO. Interesting. Here we have all these people searching and fearing for Travis's safety. When after five days, Travis appears 20 miles away. Do you think Travis at the time had a girlfriend that when he came back, he was like, oh, yeah, sure. The aliens abducted you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, What's her name, Travis? Yeah. Last What's time it was, name? it was yet. It was Bigfoot. That's now it's right. alien. Better not be that hoe from Applebee's. Yeah. They, I, don't they think, even I don't think Applebee's was around in the no. 70s. We can fact check that. These aren't the details. Guys. You know, maybe it was somewhere and mm. just hadn't been franchised. Yeah. That sounds right. Someone looked that up. Yeah. Jamie? No? Oh, wait. I forgot where we are. Yeah. It's fine. There was a big search with the helicopter dogs, bunch of policemen. <laughs> the helicopter dogs? Helicopter and dogs and oh. a bunch of policemen for like, the, especially the, the first three days. There was a massive search, but they didn't find yeah. anything. When Travis woke, he was on the pavement. Consciousness returned to me, he said, on the night I woke to find myself on the cold pavement west of Heber or Heber. Arizona. I don't know which one's which, but it's in Arizona. I was lying on my stomach, my head on my right forearm. Cold air brought me instantly awake. I looked up in time to see a light turn off on the bottom of, of a curved, gleaming hole. As I raised my head up, a white light caught my eye just before it blinked off. Either a light had been turned off or a hatch had been closed, cutting off the light from the inside. I only caught a glimpse as I raised my head. I could not be sure which it was that's pretty crazy yeah it's pretty crazy that he wasn't like unconscious for a while after they left like he literally woke up as soon as they tossed him on the concrete oh yeah he was like right away and he said it the craft shot up into the sky and then he noticed the lights of the town below him travis ran into town and banged on a door but no one answered he went on and found a phone booth and called his brother fun fact that phone booth is still there and is it like a shrine now it's or like a like tourist this is the phone booth. Tra Travis yeah. Walton's phone booth. <laughs> I saw it, I think, on atlasobscura.com, mm. where they always have weird travel stuff. Yeah. So his, his brother-in-law stopped and grabbed his brother. Smart move. You know, after the call. Cause what time was this? It was like early morning or somewhere? Yeah, right? like late at night, like three in the morning. Or mm. Interesting. It was like middle of the night. Yeah. And he thought he was being hoaxed. Like somebody was calling up and just... Pretending to be his brother. Yeah. The brother-in-law and the brother arrived... And this is when Travis found out how long he'd been missing. Because what to him, it was like a handful of hours or something yeah. like that. Like it wasn't that long. One of the first things that he said was like, I only remember like two hours or an hour or two. But th so he thought he'd only been gone a few hours. Travis was talking like he thought that he'd just disappeared until his, you know, recently until he felt his brother told him to feel his face. He had some scrub. Yes. He had five days of bearded beard growth and Travis was shocked into silence. Travis only remembers those two hours, but his crew would remember intense interrogations during the day, 
these days with the sheriff convinced the whole time that they had murdered Travis. Were they pissed at Travis? Like, you mother, you just, what, ran away? Yeah. A little sabbatical into the Arizona desert for, or woods, I guess. Could you imagine, like, trying to, especially being, like, loggers, manly men. My friend was, something took my friend. (laughs) How would you explain that? Me personally, I would be very cautious about what I say because people would think you're loony anyway, you know. But at the same time, I'd be honest about straight out, dude. Believe it or not, it was aliens. Now go back to the 70s and think about how. Uh, The same thing, but with like a joint in my hand or something. No, it would be a beer and a cigarette. And a general distaste for the U.S. government. Actually, that might be a little more patriotic back then. Yeah, actually, it was a it was different, type, different type of patriotic than we see now. True. So there's more Fourth of July barbecue patriotic. Yeah. So what do you think about the men passing the polygraph? Now these days, I don't think a polygraph even does much. Like I don't think you can. It's nothing you could actually like, take to court. And be like he failed. I think they're so easy to fake. Like I, I feel now they use them more as a tool to make the people nervous more mental than anything yeah and if you think about it then you're gonna obviously fail because your heart rate's gonna start spiking you're gonna start to it's really a messed up device but i don't even i don't even know why we still talk about it anymore plus would would you take a polygraph test yeah i'd be like yeah no problem i'd be like no i said my lawyer oh you misheard what i actually was talking about yeah which is for for our listeners out there from what i understand that's what you should say in those situations nothing else it's unfortunate but yeah so if you guys need law lessons from your favorite spooky ghost podcast we're here we're here to help that's the only one we have right there yeah ask for a lawyer but anyway um so you know after that we know there was a lot of skepticism some national inquirer type stuff classic you know so they had a field day with him yeah for many years but he did travis walton did put together his book fire in the sky and then they made a movie out of it and now he's kind of known more throughout the nation more in pop culture i guess Mm -hmm. including his with his appearance on Joe Rogan a year or so ago. Yeah, if you guys want to check that out, do it. I don't think it's going to be as detailed as what you're getting here. That's (laughs) just like a three-hour discussion with the man himself, and we're giving you you more information, I promise. So don't go just yet. Wait until the end of the episode. But yeah, yeah, it's a very good good episode of Rogan. Maybe. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. You'll find out after this episode, I'm sure. We need to download more than Rogan does, okay? Can Can we just continue, please? You should just bleep out the name the whole mm-hmm. time so people are like what's he talking about yeah one of the things that he does make money on this story now which is the only reason people would ever say that it was fake that not the only reason it's the but, only reason but that is usually one of the first things which but that's stupid like if you can monetize something in your life and it's not going to work do it man what do you like what would gary v say to travis walden what do you think i don't know man stop being so bad buy my nfts or whatever well, yeah one of the things that I get from Travis Walter, Walton is he's still not completely comfortable with this whole thing, even though he goes yeah. out and talks about it and goes does interviews now. It it hasn't necessarily made his life better. Yeah, what I sound. It's what, similar what to Lazar in that yeah. instance. Yeah, but Lazar's fake. But Lazar is real. You monster. You need <laughs> to go back. Now you believe in stuff. You need to go back and watch these Lazar takes one more time. Someday, maybe. On Sunday, maybe? That's tomorrow. Someday. Now, skeptics Uh include the story as an example of a UFO hoax promoted by by a credulous media circus with the resulting publicity exploited by Walton to make money. UFO researcher Philip J. Class who agreed that Walton's story was a hoax perpetrated for financial gain, identified many discrepancies in the accounts of Walton and his co-workers. After investigating the case, Class reported that, polygraph, that the polygraph tests were poorly administered, that Walton used polygraph countermeasures such as holding his breath, and that Class uncovered an earlier failed test administered by an examiner who concluded the case involved gross deception. You know, sounds like class is grasping at straws. Could be. I mean, polygraph countermeasures, maybe. Were they really well known back then? Probably not. Probably not as much, no. In 1978, Walton wrote the book The Walton Experience, detailing his claims, which became the basis for the 1993 film Fire in the Sky. Paramount Pictures decided Walton's account was too fuzzy and too similar to other televised close encounters, so they ordered screenwriter Tracy Torme to write a flashier, more productive, provocative abduction story. Wow. 
Shocking. I mean, both of those things that you that the skeptical takes are I wouldn't feel comfortable being a skeptic and using either one of those. Yeah. To kind of take down the story because you're an honorable skeptic. Yeah. For yeah. one, if you're gonna make a film, you have to sensationalize it. Everything mm. on film is not as mundane as a lot of the people that wrote about it or experienced it, you know, or tell it. It's just on film you have to make it sensational. 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 So it make you can't really knock the story from that because yeah. that's exactly what Hollywood would do. They'd bring in a screenwriter to jazz it up a little bit. Yeah. They take your story, they poop all over it, and then they release it to the theaters. Yeah. But if we release the stories in like as they are in books or interviews like that, mm. they're boring. Yeah. I and understand. And like, we wouldn't go to the movies. Look so. at like paranormal documentaries. Every single time they're like, no, we saw something out in these woods. What it was, no one can say. But we'll find out next time on this paranormal documentary. But for us, when we do stuff like that, we're going to go out in the woods. If we don't see anything, it's going to be a very boring film. But I'm going to release that shit. Like, well, we stayed in these woods for a week and a half. And uh, well, as you can see, there's nothing. It won't be that boring. It'll be me ridiculing you for making me freeze my ass off. It'll be entertaining. It'll Sasquatch. be hilariously entertaining. Yeah. With no cliffhangers or anything. Just straight to the point. Hey, sorry, I didn't find him. Maybe next time. Yeah. Fund another documentary, please. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that one. I was like, going to say something witty. and But you didn't have anything witty at all. My question to you is, after looking into this, do you think this was an actual alien encounter, or do you think this was some type of, type of government thing? Like, Because the way he described those aliens, they almost seem, they could be robotic. And I've heard theories in the past about people saying that gray aliens or whatever are just tiny robots. Yeah, I've heard that too. Robots, uh, you know, the especially the, the UFOs are kind of like, interstellar drones type of thing mm -hmm. which yep. would make a lot of sense if you're traveling across vast dif distances you'd send something out that's maybe less organic one of the interesting points of that of his story is when he's playing around with the levers and the buttons and whatnot you said he felt lightheaded or like nauseous when he moved that one almost like a joystick type yeah. thing right that what if he's like just up there in the sky like jumping light speed back and forth <laughs> when he's moving this thing he's like oh i don't feel that great that's why the aliens are like whoa hold on a second we need to send someone that looks like a human to get this dude because he's about to crash us yeah he almost beat our little four foot nine doctors yeah so let's send in let's send in one of the hybrids which I, is i don't know man that which is kind of the feeling i got because he felt they were human the other people he met well instantly when he sees a human walks into the room he runs over to it like yeah. so they know like i feel like they would know that this is going to calm him down he saw our true form wasn't a fan of that yeah bring in something that looks more like him so he can yeah bring in the experiment yeah it's a very loose thread to tie together but you know people that say that they are hybridiz hybridizing humans and aliens and when women get abducted or whatever and used to pretty much implant these hybrid babies into seeing something like this you'd be like maybe that is what they're doing maybe that is how they like what's the end game with that though full-on earth takeover via hybrid humans no maybe it's just a form of communication like a way that they'll be able to communicate with us better it's not like we don't do weird experiments like that so it's like we sit here like why would they hi make hybrids humans have been trying to make hybrids for a long time yeah, but our hybrids where, don't make sense, all right? Well, to the point where it's illegal to make a human hybrid hmm. in most places. Most places being the keyword. Well, I mean, a lot Every of... Every major superpower just gets a little office in the place that it, that it isn't illegal, and they're like, well, we'll do our experiments here, I guess. One of the stories I heard, it was... I don't know which country it was. Probably Russia. No, it might have been like China. Yeah, it sounds accurate, too. Um, but, and even the US, I've heard rumors that they have offshore labs and stuff. labs on boat on boats hmm. because basically in international waters you don't have to obey u.s law oh there's workarounds for everything yeah and anyone that is naive enough to think that that's not happening needs to open up their mind a little bit well also i would say this anybody that thinks that they would do differently running a country doesn't understand what it's i mean these are things yeah that's why most of us aren't going to run a country because we yeah. you know you do some nefarious things to keep your country safe whether you're the U.S., Russia, China, hmm. or yeah, the way you Trinidad worded that, it's really strange. The way, and I think people might agree. The way you worded that makes it sound like you are pro-human hybridization. I am no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because that's what it sounds like. Man. No, what I'm saying is when you run, when you are in charge of the country, you do things to keep the country safe, 
And history has proven that hybridizing humans with pigs and monkeys and aliens has helped keep us safe. I mean, that was heavy sarcasm on my on yeah. my part. Yeah, I just I, it's just one of those things like it's easy to shoot down, but also there's a reason every U.S. president goes into office and comes out with gray hair, except for one. Was that one bald? No, he was an alien, probably. Or oh, nice, yeah, something. classic. You know, no, that's just you know, it's it's not to stick up for him. It's that's just the way countries have always run throughout history. The leaders do bad things, yeah. to keep you safe. And but there's choose. no like distaste in your mouth with it. Like you're not like I don't agree with this, and I think it's very bad. But you're just saying I get why people do it. Like you're not saying that you don't agree with it, and they shouldn't be doing it. I don't. I don't know mm. the science behind it. Oh, here we are. And we shouldn't just be playing God. Yeah. With things easy like that, because also as humans, we make a lot of mistakes. A oh, lot. do we? Yeah. yeah, one or two maybe throughout history. And 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 when. Travis Walton was describing this, the man that came with the helmet. He was like, he was like, well muscled. He's just this beefcake walking in with a helmet on. And he's like, oh, this guy will save me. Yeah. So he's like, you know, so whatever he was, whether he was a hybrid or just a fellow abductee or a cult follower. And the helmet controlled him. Who knows? But if you need to communicate with humans, you make yourself a human that you can train to communicate with other humans or to look normal. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of theories out there that these got, these people are living amongst us or these aliens are living amongst us. I don't always agree with them, but when you hear a story like this, and and if this was, let's say this one story, Travis Walton's story was true, mm. what are these human-like things but that don't talk? You do realize that if Travis Walton's story is true, that that has to open the extraterrestrial floodgates in your mind. No. See, this is where this is why people get driven insane, Christian, because you will say that yes, this story could be true. I believe this story even. And then you're saying the beings within it cannot exist outside of this story. No, they can. But one thing this story has is multiple witnesses, a, a missing person for five days that everybody in the area knows is missing and is searching for. Mm. And he shows up out of the blue and nobody can figure out where he was for those five days. But this isn't that on, the only story that has those things. There's a plenty of other, especially UFO sightings, maybe not sightings, alien abductions. But anybody can sight or see a, a UFO. Sure. Just look up in the sky. Okay. I'm you know, talking, but oh my abduction God. stories don't typically have this many witnesses. There are a few, mm -hmm. but when you're trying to figure out if something's true, the witnesses mean a lot. To, yeah. you know, to, to verifying a story. And most ca cases don't get that. The fact that this is in the seventies before, you know, UFOs were kind of popular, not like they are now. Sure. Um, abduction wasn't well known or well believed, or most yeah. people didn't believe it. So it's a different time period. The sheriff's involved the whole time. It's a pretty fascinating story. You're just saying it's documented. It's like similar to that poltergeist that was, there's police reports about that police actually went into the house and witnessed a lot of the stuff that was going on. There's a document to back that up. And that's what you believe in. I believe in, that is kind of what I believe in. You need more than one person telling yes. the story. And that's, that's very important if you're going to prove this. We can all believe our neighbor, Sally, telling us she got abducted sure. five nights ago because she feels, she tells it so passionately mm -hmm. that she, you feel she believes it. But if her kids, the neighbor across the street and the, the guy driving by all saw something happen, maybe it, yeah. then you have corroborating evidence. But what I'm saying is the fact that even this one, this one story and nothing else has these entities or beings in it therefore they are real if you believe this story in your mind they are real i believe that this story is try to walk it back man no i don't need to walk it back because i'm not totally on board with it but yes. I, I it is a little bit harder to pick apart mm. than most stories because of the different there's so many people yes so many things involved it would be a very elaborate hoax yes. if it was actually. And the medium sensationalizing it, that, I mean, that's how you sell papers back in the day mm. or get clicks nowadays. So I, I get that too. But, you know, Travis Walton is still talking about it. You know, you're not, you're not going to make 
a ton of money on the UFO circuit for the most part. So it's not I think like it could be pretty lucrative. It could be, but you're not a millionaire. So you're still working. Most of the people, yeah, you know, most people are, I mean, he's got, he's famous because he's one of the, I guess the OGs, like the Betty, OGs. And Bar- Betty and Barney Hill type. But, um, it's, it's, I'm just not totally on board with it, but it feels more real than most stories. If that makes any sense. That does make sense. Yes. Now we, you always ask me this question, but does this make you like you always at the end, like, what do you think? Is this real? You, it must be real. Cause you accept the story Yes. now. What do you, does this, st- <laughs> yeah, this- it must be real because I accept the story. Yeah. No, like I accept it. Okay. Like when I say, gotcha. oh, and then you like ridicule me for not just not straight ridicule. Out. I'm, oh, I'm picking apart your beliefs one by one and it's fine. It's, it's okay. It's I get fair. what you're doing, man. But how do you, does this, does this story at, what does this story make you feel about the whole alien abduction thing? Which for the record, you believe in, 100%. I do not believe it. Okay. Typically, like it's really, I, I do not believe in alien abduction. This story gives me pause. Yeah. Well, pause for a while and really reflect. All right. That's what we need to pause and reflect. I can reflect back on the X-Files episode where it seemed like alien abduction, but it was actually the government. Okay, Christian, if you're basing your entire belief system on an X-Files episode, we have a little bit more to talk about, but. That's another episode. Yeah. But that is one of the theories out there. No, I've always, being raised a religious person, I've always had like this distrust for alien life in general, where you just believe it to be like demonic in nature or something like that. And mainly because people in my life growing up had encounters or saw like UFOs and were able to like rebuke it and have it just fly off, you know? And so like I have actual stories from people that I knew that I've seen a couple things and then like pretty much use the Bible and then the thing flies away. You know what I mean? It, do you ever think that maybe the aliens look down and saw the Bible and you're like, oh, like, oh I can't be around these We people. were looking for intelligent humans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> probably sorry, that. Sorry. No, yeah, probably that. <laughs> Good. You just left that one wide open, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Everyone get Christian, roast him. <laughs> It's time. It was a joke. Yeah, of course. It's too late. The damage is done. But no, so I I think there is kind of, and even just me looking back through like, you know, we've gone on the rabbit hole that is Nephilim and all that crap. Alien life fits into that story because I can find connections to it because of what I've read throughout my life, right? But what if they are just extraterrestrials? What if there's just beings out there in this gigantic universe that found their way here and like to really screw with humans? Or what if there's that that, that pact between Eisenhower or whatever that that gives the alien the ability to take whoever they want as long as they give us tech you know there's so many theories out there that it's hard for me to believe they don't exist i think i mean what they are unknown but the fact that they exist 100 percent solidified in my mind well there's so much so many planets yeah in the in there's got to be there's going to be some form of life on them and mm-hmm. if there's some form of life on any planet there could be a higher form of life something similar to humans or yeah more advanced than that so i mean the percentages but uh, you did mention something that i always find fascinating is that the aliens or demons type Hmm. of thing that that you do hear in certain religious circles yeah but you wouldn't you wouldn't know much about that though because you're not like you don't you wouldn't see the connection between the two because you're not a religious person so i just feel like there's a better chance of there being aliens Hmm. than demons oh sure better chance and and them being combined i think is just us humans being fearful Hmm. I mean, if there's aliens, there's definitely gonna there's definitely a chance to have bad aliens. We've all watched Star Wars and the movie Alien, you know, stuff like that. But, Great examples, yes. Um, there, I just have trouble. Like the the demon thing feels too much, hmm. too too. It feels like you're grasping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're trying to drop make connections where there aren't any. Yeah, I no, I understand that. But for anyone that's actually looked into the crazier aspects of like the Bible itself or stories within the Bible and stuff like that, then you can find verses that line up perfectly with alien life and stuff like that, or like demonic activity. And you could easily make the connection that it is the two are the same. The tech that we, you know, what the fallen ones apparently taught us beauty, they taught us weaponry, they taught us all this stuff. So why wouldn't they have fucking clothing that has no seams? Why wouldn't they have ships that can, you know, travel at light speed? You know, these people are very advanced even in religions. So people don't usually put those two together because they think the old days of ancients and, you know, oh, he wore a shield and he had a sword and like, they so they don't put the two together. But even that episode we did with Alexander the Great and his alien sightings, that was a saucer. There was attacks from a saucer. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, maybe it's the same thing and we just call it something different. You know, they're, 
there's clearly stories of these things dating super far back. Well, also, if you're in biblical times mm. and you let's just say you're in biblical times, you see an advanced alien of some sort. You're going to think it's a God. Or a demon. You're not yeah, going to think it's you, a God yeah. because... You're not going to think it's a human for sure. Yeah. If you're if you're biblical, you're going to think it's 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 different than God. I don't know. A lot of people back then saw stuff and were like, "This must be God." Yeah, but then the the people that actually ran the church got rid of those groups. The people kinda, that ran the church, the early know. church. Yeah, but they destroyed those types of groups to keep to kind of because they had their belief in the way religion should be. Sure. So Wait, a lot Mike. of those those side groups. Yeah. disappeared or were brought into the fold sure so you have to look hard to find some of that those alternative views especially nope. in early christianity and let's also talk about the possibility of lost history right there's a ton of speculation out there about events that before recorded time before any of this stuff like crazy things that could have happened there's stuff found on mars like these like obelisk type shapes and stuff found from the, the rover that i people, don't necessarily believe that i know stuff. you don't but there's been a couple and for the most part i'll see it and be like that could just be you know your mind making it look like something or like put in what's that called when you that seems more like pareidolia or a possibility but there's been a couple like even i think megalithic marvels on instagram posted something recently that was a rover shot that he found on the nasa website and zoomed in on this thing that you're like that doesn't look like a rock man like and like to the point where you're like it almost looks like a unicorn horn or some shit like it's just a weird shape like what's that doing on the surface of mars didn't we talk about something that looked like a doorway on mars i don't think so but that sounds like something we would talk about. Well, maybe I'll have to look it up. I swear we talked about it. Let's either. do an episode on weird Mars stuff. Weird Mars theories. That's boring to me because it's Why? not true. Okay, but see, that's where... Like, I am still ruined over the... This is the face on Mars. And then you see a real... like a. It's just some boulders. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that face is pretty wonky looking. But there's so many people that like... And, and there's probably still people that believe it. I don't, mm. you know... Maybe I'm wrong. I think maybe you hear these stories and you and you just kind of let it go, but you don't look at it consistently when stuff comes back. Like there's, it's not just one thing. It's like and then a, a few years later, something else would be like, "What's in this picture?" Well, I do totally you know? believe things on Mars can look like something made here. And if some theories are right, it makes a lot of sense that Mars maybe had life on it. Yeah, millions and millions of years ago. Wouldn't that be crazy though? Wouldn't yeah. it be crazy as like some like post-apocalyptic war zone now? And we're just like, look at that planet. Yeah. Some people yeah. are like, that's where they came, some of them came to Earth after the yeah. planet was being destroyed, which makes a lot of, could make sense, you know? And, and here we are trying to get to Mars, right? Yeah. We need to go there. Well, if we get to Mars, we might find out some interesting things. For years, they had theories that there were, there could have been water on Mars. Yeah. And now we're. We've pretty much proved proven that we've proven that there were, there were oceans, sure, and flow possibly flowing water based on some of these Mars rovers. Yeah, so it's impressive, and I think I just think we're like children with what we know, even about Mars or the Moon. We're stupid, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And recorded history is a recent development. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Like the stuff that's lost that we don't even know about. Like, what if these beings were here before? What if they're off-worlders? What if they were here and then they're like, we need to get off this planet? Yeah. What if they're people from old Mars? Who knows? Like, and I know a lot of people are probably listening to this and be like, you guys really got off track from Travis Walton, but not really because at, at the end of the day, like, this is me trying to, like, throw information at the fact that I believe Walton's story. And I think all these things, regardless of their like severity of connection, have even loose threads to it that you're like, that just solidifies even more and more that this stuff is out there. You know, I think this the, is out there. What else is out there? Yeah, I think the Travis Walton story is more credible than most. Hmm. Is it proof? Yes. It's still not proof. Well, we appreciate you saying yes. But it, it it just feels different than a lot of there's just so many witnesses so many things going on that you can verify hmm. that it it could possibly be true and that leads us into this other stuff this yeah. art the us arguing a little bit or or discussing our differences you're like i believe and i'm like well i no, i feel I'm a little a wet blanket yeah so, i don't yeah. really believe but here's what could happen yeah. you know we don't we don't know we we still look at writings at Gobekli Tepe. Mm. I know that that's where giants were. Yeah. Well, and we can't even 
like we have experts that are trying to interpret what was hmm. what was written there they're because not really the it was written because there's people that have figured that out already that's like you know a worship pretty much a place of worship yeah they figured but, it out but even with that they can't prove it because some of the stuff they don't understand the hmm. the different pictures upon the pillars and stuff like that so we don't understand most of our history so could could atlantis have been out there there probably was something like atlantis i don't believe there were flying saucers around it but who knows we just can't yeah. we can't go back and prove stuff in the past and that's why we're able to have a podcast now because because we can't prove anything we just talk out of our asses not not really that i mean there's a lot of podcasts out there that are whether it's in our genre or others that are just looking for the truth hmm. true so now that we've gotten that off our chest what do you guys think if you're on spotify i've probably posted a question there at some point answer the question answer the poll whatever we post on there give us your thoughts do on it. the truth yeah get that done right now <laughs> and also be sure to rate on spotify where we had a 4.9 rating then we had one i feel like was probably like a one star or something that bumped us down to a 4.8 i'm like you son of a it's fine i'm not worried about it but your boy is ocd and this helps calm it a little bit so do that but uh yeah give us your thoughts if you're listening on youtube let us know what you think of the the walton experience and i'm not i'm not talking john boy good night john boy yeah good night mary ellen no it's fine yeah let us know what you think of the story are, are there any holes in it that you personally believe or don't believe about it and uh yeah what do you think about aliens what do you think about alien life are they truly out there is the truth out there and if there's a story that you think is is better than travis walton's story mm. let us know we'll talk about it yeah go back to season one and listen to another interesting uh, quote unquote abduction story in todd sees uh we actually had a member of todd's family reach out to us recently like within the last year or so talking about that story so it's kind of crazy the stuff that you encounter while doing this type of uh podcast we love it and that was a great story I, i'm fascinated by the todd c story and i think that i don't remember what episode it was but it was in season one so go check that out and if you have a alien abduction story of your own or if you know someone that does and they want to share it on the show sign it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com love to hear it find us on social media give us your thoughts because they're starting to be a little more active on social media and i know christian and i appreciate it very much we love talking to you guys so give us your thoughts your theories uh episode suggestions we are all about that life in the meantime, we'll find you right back here on the Freaky Deaky next week. Goodbye.
I want you to do the opening. There's nothing here. Well, I know, because I need to airdrop it. Oh. Why are you always having me do openings and shit, man? I don't. But... I'm, I'm not your little monkey, all right? You just make me dance. <laughs> Wait. Oh, you know what? I don't need to do an airdrop. Wow. Beautiful. I forgot I actually <laughs> programmed you into my iPad. Oh, wow. Aren't I special? I'm like, why are my names not on my iPad and my phone? They should, like, that's the one thing that's not connected. Yeah. That's the one thing. And it makes and it makes no sense because all my Apple shit just connects automatically. Yeah. They probably have some bullshit reason for it. Like, it's a privacy thing. Like, oh, I, sure. I probably just never synced it. But I'm like, I shouldn't have to search for a phone number yeah. on my iPad. Yeah. I have these devices, so I don't have to remember things. Yeah, right? exactly. Can you imagine how bad it would be? Like, in the 90s, when you had to call someone, you had to, like, dial their number, right? sit there you had to remember numbers imagine smartphones but they didn't retain phone numbers like we just still had a dial the amount of shit that you send to people every single day you're you would be like i don't want to see this phone for the rest of my life i have oh, typed a million numbers today that's the the true hero of the smart devices is having a contact yep if, if, it, if it'd be worth it just for that yeah so let's roll back the tech keep things from getting too scary out there Let's dive into this Travis Walton story. 